You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Our God is a God of justice. And we love that about him. And in fact, that aspect of God's character is celebrated over and over again in the book of Psalms. I'll just give you three examples. Uh, Psalm 9 verse 16 says, The Lord is known by his acts of justice. Psalm 33 verse 5 says, The Lord loves righteousness and justice. Psalm 50 verse 6 says, The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Our God is a God of justice. And he calls his people to pursue justice. And so Micah 6 verse 8, a very famous passage uh, in the prophets, says, uh, well, the prophet Micah says to God's people, and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God? Leviticus 19 verse 15, from the time of Moses, part of God's commands for the nation of Israel, God says to Israel, do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. And we love this about our God. He is a God of justice because he loves People And so he holds accountable those who do wrong to others, and he lifts up and protects those who are in a weaker position and so could become victims of those who would do wrong against them. And rich, poor, great, or small doesn't matter to God. In fact, all through the Old Testament, even a little bit in the New Testament, God calls his people to defend the weakest people in society, the fatherless, the widow, the foreigner, and the poor, so that they always get justice. Our God is a God of justice. And strangely, that wonderful attribute of our God is what makes what Jesus says next in our study of the Sermon on the Mount so odd, so seemingly out of place. So, oh, I don't ever want to say Jesus is wrong, you know. We left off last week studying this, the great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, at chapter 5, verse 38. So let's pick up there this morning. Here's what Jesus says next as he's teaching the crowd up there on a mountain in Galilee early in his ministry on that day. Matthew 5, verse 38. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Okay, how could Jesus say this? God is a God of justice, but there is no justice in what Jesus says here. Jesus quotes straight out of the law of Moses from Leviticus 24 verses 17 to 21 where God says anyone who takes the life of a human being is to be put to death. 
Anyone who takes the life of someone's animal must make restitution, life for life. Anyone who injures their neighbor is to be injured in the same manner. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. The one who has inflicted the injury must suffer the same injury. Whoever kills an animal must make restitution, but whoever kills a human being is to be put to death. Okay, that's what God commanded for Israel. He commanded it. It's justice. If someone kills someone else, that person is to be killed. If someone damages your eye, their eye is to be damaged. If someone knocks out your tooth, they get their tooth knocked out. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, that's fair. That's justice. And it's what God commanded for Israel. But Jesus says here, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If they slap you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If they want to sue you and take your shirt, hey, give it to them. In fact, give them your cloak as well. If they force you to go one mile, go with them two miles. If they ask you for something or want to borrow from you, give them whatever they ask. These instructions are not justice. If someone hits you, justice is for them to be hit back. If someone takes you to court unjustly, justice is for them to get nothing from you. If someone forces you to go a mile, there's no justice there at all. What gives them the right to force you to do anything? What is Jesus saying here? Has he forgotten that God is a God of justice? Or is there something that Jesus is trying to teach us here about God's justice? Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Maybe that's not the most important thing. In Jesus' time, some people were taking that command as justification for getting revenge. You knock out my tooth, God says, I can knock out yours. But actually, that command was an instruction not for the individual victim, but for the court. So when a person was killed or injured under the law of Moses, the court was to follow God's law of justice. The offender's punishment was to match what they had done to the victim. The court, not the victim, enforced that punishment. The murderer was to be put to death on the authority of the court, not on the authority of you know, the victim's family or something. The person who damaged an eye was to have their eye damaged in the same way and so on. This was not a law authorizing revenge, but actually limiting the sentence that the court could impose for a crime. So if you break my foot, the court doesn't get to cut off your hand. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, life for life. No more punishment than that. But that command by Jesus' time had been corrupted by people who used it as justification to get revenge. And so Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, and as he's been doing since chapter 5, verse 17, Jesus calls us to consider not merely what God's law requires, but what it intends. Not just the letter of the law, but the spirit of the law. Yes, justice is important to God. 
But it's not the only thing that's important to God when we're in a situation of conflict or when someone wrongs us or oppresses us. Jesus says, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. So don't get back at them. Don't seek revenge. Don't try to get even. Instead, if someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. Jesus is not talking here about being hit with a fist. But actually, he's talking about a backhanded slap across the face that was common in his time. And from what I understand, is still common in the Middle East today. It's, it's a slap of, of insult, of shaming the person that, that you slap across the face. If you really want to insult someone, give them a backhanded slap across the face. So if someone insults you with a slap like that, what do you do? Do you just take that humiliation or do you slap them back? Jesus says, take it. Better to be insulted and take that humiliation than to hit back. Justice is not always the most important thing. If someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, Jesus says, hand over your coat as well. Give them more than they demand. Justice is not always the most important thing. There might be something even higher that God is aiming for here. In Jesus' time, Roman law said that Roman soldiers could force a person in occupied territory like Israel to carry their equipment for them for a mile. Uh, Their mile was a thousand paces. It was shorter than our mile today, but close enough. And this is like what they did with Simon of Cyrene in Matthew 27, verse 32, when they forced him to carry Jesus' cross up to the place of crucifixion. Jesus says, if they force you to go one mile, go with them two miles. It's unjust. But when you go that extra mile, something happens that's more important than getting justice. Something in your relationship with that person changes. And if anyone asks you for something or wants to borrow from you, Jesus says, give them what they ask for. Why? None of this is fair. None of this is justice. So why? Because justice is important to God. But our relationships with others are even more important. And Jesus wants us to be people who don't fight back, who don't hit back, who don't stoop to the level of those who do wrong against us. Jesus said earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the peacemakers. Jesus himself was a peacemaker. He calls us to be peacemakers too. 1 Peter 2 verse 23, remembering when Jesus was on the cross, says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. So what Jesus taught us to do, he did himself. He's not asking us to do anything that that, uh, he hasn't already done. Jesus trusted God, and he lived what he taught us. He turned the other cheek. Like our song says that we sing sometimes, Jesus could have called down 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set him free, to wipe out the people who killed him, but he didn't. But what if someone's being abused? What if they're in an abusive relationship? Should they just take it? Just turn the other cheek? No, of course not. At least not for very long. 
Jesus' point is not, let people abuse you. A person in that situation needs to get out of that situation into a situation where they're safe. But we should never pursue harm for those who harm us. Don't hit back. We should only pursue the justice and the intervention that will stop them from doing harm again. And it might even help them change their lives for the better. But what if someone sues me or asks me for something? And so I give it to them like Jesus said to. And so then they figure out they can ask again. And they do. And I give give it to them again. And then they ask again and again. And pretty soon I have nothing. And I'm the person who's, who's got nothing more to give. And so I come to you and I start asking you. What happens then? Well, remember that Jesus likes to speak in hyperbole, right? Uh, Intentional exaggeration to make a point. Jesus himself will say later in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, verse 6, Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. In other words, don't take what God has given you and then waste it in how you give it or share it with others. But give in a way that actually does Good. So there are times to not give. Jesus here wants us to be people who give generously more than those asking us to deserve, which, of course, is what God does for us. Jesus is asking us to be like God. And Jesus makes that goal clear in what he says next. One of the most famous and most difficult of all Jesus' teachings. It's easy enough to understand. It's just hard to do it. Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the last time in the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, but I tell you. He'll change change gears here after this, this bit of teaching. Here he quotes from Leviticus 19, verse 18, from the Law of Moses again. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor. Quoting from that line in Leviticus. He says, you have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now that last part doesn't appear anywhere in scripture. God never commanded that. But apparently it was something people in Jesus' time heard. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Which sort of makes sense, right? You know, love the people that you have a connection with. But if anyone's out to do you harm, hate them. In fact, we're seeing a lot of that right now in the conflicts in Israel and Palestine. And in uh, Ukraine, between Ukraine and Russia. Once you know people are out to do you harm, it's pretty natural to want to harm them back or harm them first. Or harm them more than they harmed you. Otherwise, they're going to hurt you again, aren't they? But Jesus says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
Scholars uh, who study ancient histories and ancient religions and philosophies think Jesus uh, is probably the first person to ever say that this way. Not just put up with your enemies, not just don't do harm to your enemies, but intentionally love your enemies. Love your enemies. But again, that's not justice. It's not fair. Justice is about getting what you deserve. And enemies don't deserve our love. If they did, they wouldn't be our enemies. They don't deserve our prayers either. Several years ago, I, I knew a man who, who kind of liked this line where Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. He said, I pray for my enemies. I pray that God will wipe them off the face of the earth. Well, that may be what they deserve, but it's not what Jesus taught us. Jesus teaches us to do what God does. Love and pray for your enemies. Why? Jesus says that you may be children of your Father in heaven so that you can become like God in how you treat your enemies. Why? Because God sends, uh, causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. God sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is kinder to his enemies than they deserve. He gives blessings they didn't earn. And even blessings they might never appreciate. When we hear Jesus call us to be to our enemies like God is toward his, it's hard for us not to remember what the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 5 verse 10 where he says, While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. When we were God's enemies, he loved us. And he gave us Jesus to die for us. And when Jesus taught us to love our enemies, he knew already he would go to the cross one day and die for his enemies, some of whom were probably listening to him that day. He didn't ask us to do anything he wasn't already preparing to do. In fact, Luke 23, verse 34, tells us that as Jesus was being crucified, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Jesus is our example of how to love and pray for our enemies. Now, in other passages of Scripture, Jesus stands up strongly for justice. But here, where a person might take God's call for justice as justification to pursue revenge, to hit back, to hate, Jesus teaches us something about God's justice, something we might have missed otherwise. God's justice does not stand alone. Our God is a God of justice, but he is also a God of mercy. He loves his enemies. And there was a time when that was us before we began to follow Jesus. God treats his enemies better than they deserve. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Micah 6, verse 8, which I mentioned earlier, says, And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Pursue justice, but also pursue mercy. The prophet Micah and Jesus our Lord 
taught us to grow in the character of our God. In fact, Jesus was actually just teaching the people again what they had forgotten from their own law, from the law of Moses that God had given them. Because even the law of Moses taught Israel to love their enemies. In Exodus 23, verses 4 and 5, God tells Israel, If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure you help them with it. God called his people from the beginning to be kind to their enemies. So, what is your attitude toward the boss who fired you so that she could hire her friend in your place? Do you pray for her? What about that neighbor who always parks where he's blocking your driveway? Don't you hate that? What if you got up in the morning, you needed to... Uh, you needed to get out in, in a way. He actually wasn't blocking your, your uh, driveway, but you, got, you had to get to work to the store or something, and he had a flat tire. Would you help him with it? How do you treat your ex? Can you love them with the kind of love that God has for you? That love that wants the best for them, no matter what? If you were a Palestinian Christian, How would Jesus want you to think about or to treat an Israeli today? If you were an Israeli Christian, how would God want you to treat a Palestinian today? Our God is a God of justice. He is also a God of mercy and love. And thank God that as James 2 verse 13 says, mercy triumphs over judgment. God treats us better than we deserve. And he calls us to do the same for others. Because while we were God's enemies and people nailed Jesus to the cross, God made Jesus' body and blood a sacrifice that pays for our sins so that we can be set free from God's justice, which would bring judgment uh, on us for our sins. And we, we are able then to enter into God's mercy where God pours out his love on us and makes us his children. As Jesus says, we become children of our heavenly father. And if we appreciate this immeasurable kindness and mercy of God, then we ought to show our appreciation by loving our enemies as God loved us when we were his enemies. So Jesus says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And tax collectors were frowned upon in their society because they were, they were seen as traitors against Israel because they collected taxes for the Roman overlords, the Roman oppressors. And Jesus says, and if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? To love only the people who love you is not godly. God loves his enemies. Now, he is still the judge, and he will judge the world one day. But first, to save us from his judgment, he loved us and gave us Jesus. And if we're going to be children of God, we must love others like God does and like God loves us. So Jesus closes out what he says here by saying, be perfect, therefore as your heavenly Father is perfect. That's our goal.
To be perfect in our character and our action as God is perfect. To treat others with the same love as God offers to us. And this is why we turn the other cheek. This is why we absorb an offense and return it with kindness. Because God did this for us. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Some people said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But actually, Leviticus 19.18 says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. As Jesus, when he rose from the dead, had power from God, he could have avenged those who put him on the cross, but he did not. So God's people are not to seek revenge or to bear a grudge. God calls us to love our enemies and to love our neighbors, to seek their well-being, to be better to them, kinder and more merciful than they deserve. I would not be surprised if the Apostle Paul was remembering Jesus' teaching here about not taking eye for eye and tooth for tooth and about loving your enemies when he wrote these words probably about uh, 25 years later or so in Romans 12, verses 17 to 21. Paul says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That from the Apostle Paul, that's a great application of what Jesus taught us. Don't repay evil for evil. Live at peace with everyone as far as it depends on you. I mean, it takes two sides to make peace. But do your best for your part. And do not take revenge. If you need revenge, God will provide it to you. He is a God of justice. If he looks at your situation, says you need to be avenged, he will take care of that for you. You will not need to avenge yourself. You are God's child, and he will stand up for you. And knowing that frees us up to do good to our enemies. To feed them if they're hungry, to give them something to drink if they're thirsty. And if they need justice, God will take care of that. Don't be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Turn the other cheek. Go that extra mile. Give to the one who asks. Give even to the one who wants to sue you. Be better to others than they deserve. Love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Because we are children of God who loves justice and mercy, and who has shown great mercy to us. May God bless you this week as you put into practice the words of Jesus. Let's pray together. Our dear God, we thank you for your tremendous kindness to us, that though because of our sin we earned your wrath, your disapproval, your disfavor, you loved us so much that you gave us Jesus, your Son, 
who died in our place and through his body and blood offered to you a sacrifice that pays for our sins when we come to you in his name. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to strengthen us that we may do what Jesus has taught us, that we may put this into practice this week, that if we have anyone that we would consider an enemy or who thinks of us as an enemy, that we would be kinder to them than they deserve, as you have been to us, as Jesus was to those who put him on the cross. Lord, we pray that that you would help us to not seek revenge, but to trust you for justice when we need it. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to go uh, beyond what we're forced to do, that we may show kindness to those who don't deserve it. We pray that you would help us to be generous to those who ask us for help, but also to be wise in how we provide that help. And we pray, Lord, that uh, when we're insulted, we would be able to turn the other cheek, as you've called us to do. Lord, bless us this week with strength that if we have anyone we're angry with, anyone who we would consider an enemy, anyone who's just hard to deal with, that that you would hear our prayers, that you would give us strength to pray to you on their behalf, that we may do what Jesus has taught us here. And hear those prayers, Lord, and guide that person to do better. We pray, dear God, for your help as we try to walk with you this week. We thank you for your spirit who lives in us and guides us. We thank you, dear God, for how you guide our minds and our hearts each day. And we pray, Lord, that you would be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.